Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic, and this is Bachelor Rush Hour. I'm actually coming to you from a stripped-down mobile studio location here. Recording still in my home, my casita, some may call it, here in Los Angeles. It's my last podcast episode before I move across the country. So all of next week, I will have a mobile studio set up. That's right. I stay at hotels that have the nice, cute little desks there where I can set up the mobile studio. If you want to see the behind-the-scenes of the Making of this podcast, you can see the setup I have. I mean, look, the audio is pretty good, but you know how it is when you're recording in a home that has all the furniture taken out. Uh, there's echoes and all of that. I have got just like nothing but like um, finished cement floors and bare walls. So very echoey here. But I uh, actually tried to uh, put down a few moving blankets to give you better sound quality, because that's what I care about. It's Friday, January 12th. That's right, 2024. And we've got all of your entertainment content in one place. We actually have an update from Clayton Eckerd and his lawyer we're going to get into. Very interesting to hear from his lawyer. Here's where Clayton said. Now, as you know, <clears throat> excuse me, we covered uh, yesterday's episode of Clayton Eckert on the Vile Files podcast. I shared with you this morning the text message I sent Nick when it appears I was sort of edited out of the conversation. Some people have said, Dave, that's super petty. Why would you care? Don't worry about it. Blah, blah, blah. To which, look, I understand that viewpoint, but also, you know, if it rains, you know, use that opportunity to to, uh, you know, so, uh, what's it, what's a good, someone give me a farm analogy, please. All right. I'm moving. Give me some, uh, give me some grace here. So you get the point when it rains, make corn, corn makes whiskey. Let's all have a party. Something like that. Okay. Clayton Eckerd. So anyway, the point was, is that, that, that interview with Nick Vial came out yesterday, but it actually, I believe, um, was filmed weeks ago. And uh, of course he's got an update, uh, because look, nobody gives better updates than I, than I do here. We have two episodes a day. You're literally going to get the most updates. No one gets more updates than me. I've got the most incredible updates. We Our updates are so updated. We've updated the update. Okay, <laughs> excuse me, please. I don't need a one-star review because I do a bad impression of Trump. All right, here's Clayton's update. False accusation update. And again, it's everything we already know. Since we recorded Nick's podcast, here's what has happened. Again, this is on Clayton Eckerd's Instagram story. This individual's lawyer filed in court that she is no longer pregnant, but gave no explanation as to what happened to the children. That lawyer has withdrawn from the case. A new lawyer just filed to appear on her behalf. We are waiting to see if the judge will subpoena her medical records she claims she has from the pregnancy. The goal is to prove, as we know, that she was never pregnant at all, and to make sure we have a court finding that stops her from claiming she was at a later point in time. How wild. And of course, here's breaking news for you. A new attorney has entered the ring. It almost feels like a wrestling. It's like a, it's like World uh, WWF wrestling. Oh, coming down to the coming down to the court here, it's Corey Keith. That's right. The new lawyer for Janeth Doeth is Corey Keith. And actually, here's a moment on Megan Fox's podcast last night where she speaks with Umbrella Guy 
guy, and they actually share their thoughts on this new, maybe naive lawyer. Maybe he hasn't been in my niche and hasn't Googled his client's name here, uh, but now he's probably uh, in too deep. Hey, maybe he's a lover. Be careful. Don't have an edible and call your client. You don't need that happen. Swallow your pride, please. Either way, here's Corey Keith. uh, And um, this is, and if if you want to see the visual here, you can go to patreon.com slash Dave Neal and watch this. But this is, uh, this is Megan Fox and Umbrella Guy uh, discussing the new lawyer in this court case. Oh, Phoenix. Oh, Oh, he's got a few. He's five star though. He fixed my denture. No, it doesn't say that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> poor, poor Corey. Corey, if you can hear me, if you if you're within the sound of my voice, run. please, Corey, run, run, Corey, run. You know, look, don't lawyers do like due diligence before they take on a client no. like this? I mean, no, client, you know what? No, no, it's a payday, man. I mean, you, you don't even look at the docket, like yeah, a lot of time. No, I mean, it's a payday. You know, honestly, too, there are so many lawyers out there. Like, I was watching a video the other day. You know, one of those uh, police pullover videos, and the um, the guy that was doing, it, he was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm an Uber driver, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lawyer too." And it was like, you know, I gotta I gotta I gotta make the bills. Yeah, because you gotta. <laughs> You know, it's, it's a it's a rough life out there. So that's I mean, true. My it. sister was a family law attorney for a long time. She made no money. In fact, people used to pay her in like chickens and eggs and stuff. <laughs> like, hey, I'm not gonna judge how uh, lawyers get paid. You know what I mean? I mean, I've I've taken gigs in stand up comedy. Like she says, get paid in chicken. I've worked for chicken wings. Not, I'm not kidding. There's a comedy venue called Flights, and it's called that because it's near Los Angeles International Airport, and they lit- literally pay you in what's called flight bucks. And I gotta tell you, I was a little sad because I just had to throw out like fifty dollars worth of flight bucks because you know sometimes they pay you and you don't want to eat you don't want to eat at eleven o'clock at night when your set is, and you're like, oh, I'll save this for another time. And now I'm moving out of the country. You know, I'm moving out of California, so I'm not gonna be able to use my flight bucks. You know how else I like to get paid? By microdose edibles. That's right. Today's uh, episode is sponsored by microdose edibles. Ever uh, want that perfect buzz? You know what I mean? That feel good. You ever get out of the hot tub and you just feel good? That's what you can get from microdose edibles. Microdose.com. You can use code RUSHHOUR to get 30% off your first order. It actually includes free shipping and the promo code's RUSHHOUR. Available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code RUSHHOUR for 30% off and free shipping. I tell you what, after my long drive across the country, my neck is going to be in shambles. And one, the best way to handle that is a microdose edible. Look, they come in three milligrams. So they're not just like blowing your brain off. You know, some of those people with those hundred milligram death stars, it ain't like that. It's just a little bit of a buzz, just like a morning coffee gets you. Have a morning coffee, pop an edible, get your writing done and call it a day. We're so excited that Microdose is going to be joining us all year long. We very much appreciate all of their support. And speaking of support or lack of, I've got Reality Steve here. Not too happy about not about me and him not getting any credit for all, all of the reporting we've done in the Clayton Eckert paternity scandal. Have a listen. Clayton went on that podcast yesterday. I promoted it. I told you to go listen to it. I'm talking about it today. I'm mentioning Nick by name. I'm not bitter that Clayton did the podcast before he came on with me. I knew he was going to. I was never going to get the first interview with Clayton. I'm very well aware of that, and I'm fine with it. However, after everything we heard yesterday, I have not texted Clayton. I know that Dave spoke with Clayton. 
I don't think Clayton brought my name up in the podcast, and when I listen to it, I don't really see a point where he really could have. But Clayton 100% said Dave Neal's name on Nick's podcast yesterday, and Nick edited it out. Okay, and of course, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat this into a pulp here. But fans, uh, fans, uh, you know, on the Dave Neal community channel are just absolutely having a field day with this uh they've come up with different logos and my favorite one is it's called proud fan of dave neal and then there's an asterisk and it says some podcaster i mean i just love it we're going to turn this into a t-shirt and we'll have it for sale tomorrow so go to my instagram at dneals if you want to buy one of these t-shirts i mean look some people want to buy them some don't no pressure but it's going to be a ton of fun all right i got all your entertainment news i'm going to finish up the clayton story by sharing an exclusive uh comment from his lawyer and then we'll get into some other entertainment news all that and more right after the break okay as promised i've got the update from clayton's lawyer here it's interesting um, this is what clayton's lawyer had to say when reached for comment by megan fox regarding the disjointed and entirely fabricated allegations from miss jane doe that i somehow coordinated her being kidnapped and sexually assaulted despite never meeting her in person i trust you have read the email that she sent the judge this was in the gillespie matter Again, Greg Gillespie, the second victim. And my comments to the judge regarding the heinousness of the allegations are also public record. I can share with you that the allegation was, as I trust you agree, horrific and demonstrably false. No police or FBI involvement, and I have never even met Miss Jane Doe other than via video through court process. I was never contacted by either Scottsdale Police or the FBI, contrary to the allegations. Okay, if you <clears throat> excuse me, if you asked me a year ago, hey Dave, on your very fun light entertainment news channel, you're going to be discussing the FBI and the police as much as we have. I'd say you're crazy, but this is the world we live in. Uh, this is the world, uh, the wild world of Jane. Doeth and all things she's got going on. All right. So in other news, oh boy, you know the old you know confirmation bias exists. I'm involved in a couple UFO community groups. That's right. Your boy is out there seeking the truth. And yesterday we reported that it looked like aliens had been spotted in Brazil. And I'm not kidding. It was a photo. It was a video taken from from the top of a cliff. And it. It was like a dangly, what looked to be like a 10-foot-tall, skinny alien that had like a weird hat on. And my thought was, how funny is this? It's probably a basketball team just walking by, you know, just a tall, random dude. Well, sure enough, here's your TMZ update. Brazilian, quote-unquote, alien video. Italian basketball player takes credit. It was just me on a hike. Here's what he had to say. Dois metros de altura, sim, eu entendo que eu sou alto, mas algumas coisas têm que parar. Eu fui fazer uma trilha para aproveitar Okay, so I... <laughs> We obviously, I don't speak Italian, so I can't tell you what he's saying, but he's clearly a very tall and very skinny man that fits the description of this alien that someone filmed from like a mile away. The viral video of a tall alien on a hill in Brazil may have already been debunked, according to an international basketball star who's claiming to be the subject in the film. How come? Why? Why are you so tall? Italian athlete Felipe Mata, who plays for Brazil's Flamengo club, posted online about the 
confusing clip after it made the rounds. But as others thought the lanky being was from a different planet, he says the clip shows him on a hike and on the island of Ilha do May. Okay, I guess, okay, guys, well, here's what we know. Aliens are now Italians. It's a me, an alien. <laughs> aliens love the pizza. Okay, all right. Uh, aliens put a lot of cologne on. Okay, is that an Italian thing? I don't know. Either way, let's get to some other news here. I don't mean to, I don't mean to offend the Italians or the aliens. Kevin Hart says no plans to host Oscars ever. Not comedy friendly. And again, this is something I've known for a long time, but I guess other people are always like, oh, comedians always complaining. But the truth is, comedy requires a lot for it to work. I used to open for a comedian who would make, who would, when we were on the road, you know, we travel all over the country and he would make sure I made sure that the, the temperature in the room was set to like 68 degrees. And, and he had a point. If you're nice and warm, you're tired, you're laid back. Comedy is supposed to be a little uncomfortable. I always say this. And again, I don't, I don't, um, I don't condone this, but I always say the best comedy are the rooms you want to be in where you don't want to be in a fire. And usually that's a dank basement somewhere, somebody's attic, tight places. That's why comedy was hit so hard during the pandemic, because the best stand-up is done when people are really close to each other, laughing in dark places. The worst comedy, that, and this is one of the reasons why I'm happy to leave Los Angeles. As much as I love Los Angeles, the audiences suck here. They're agents just there to see their client. It's a casting director. It's somebody looking to see who makes your new designer shoes. You need audiences to feel visceral and to be in the moment, and that doesn't happen in front of pretty boy audiences like you get in Hollywood. And here's Kevin Hart explaining why he'll never host the Oscars ever again. So many of your fans were gutted when you did not host the Oscars. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance we'll see you do it one day? No, absolutely not. <laughs> let's, uh, let's just throw that hope right out the window right now. You just <laughs> Whatever level of hope you have, I want to destroy it right now. No, not at all. Uh, those gigs aren't good gigs for comics. And it's no shot to the Oscars, no shot to the Globes or anything else. Those just aren't, um, you know, comedy-friendly environments anymore. So uh, I think they got it right one year where it was like just a bunch of personalities acted as the host. And mm. that's a nice thing. It's a collaborative thing. Different people get to be responsible for Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. But, you know, the days of it being a room for a comic... Those days are done. Um, Shouts out to those that have cracked the code and done it right early on. You know, uh, the Chris Rocks of the world, uh, the Billy Crystals of the world, the Globes have had like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Mm. um, Ricky Gervais. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that understand it. But if you're not an industry comic, meaning uh, a comic that has the relationships of all, then those rooms are very cold. So me doing it is, of course, at an advantage because I know the room and familiar with so many. But... Uh, for others, is not the same. Mm, awesome. Look at well, that broken down. Do you know what? I'm, I'm personally gutted. Yes, it's going to make the Oscars a lot less fun for it me. Now, but it's like, oh, he actually yeah. makes sense. It's mm. like it's not the gig that it was of old. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's only something you can lose there. No, thank you. You know, back in the day, people would do comedy. Like, I've done corporate stand-up shows. You might remember last year I did a corporate stand-up show, and I ended up, my, like, buddy said the wrong words, and we ended up losing out on a bunch of money, and it cost me a 1000 bucks, and I had to meet with the corporation's lawyers. It was absolutely ridiculous. And it's like, who needs to do that? And, you know, you only need to do that when you need the money. And it's it's honestly, whatever my rate was, I think I, I, think I charged... 
like $5,000. I got to tell you, was it worth the 20 minutes on stage? Well, I mean, again, I'm, it was a lot of money, but at the same time, it, it, I had to deal with so much bullshit from that, that yeah, it was still probably worth it, but not by much. Uh, next time the rate goes up five times that, and I don't think anyone wants me, but if you do 25,000 or I ain't doing it because it's just annoying. Okay. I understand. All right. Uh, Hollywood Dave over here. Okay. I've got some pretty funny stories to get to. Um, and then some very interesting ones. Top Gun three, you bet your bottom dollar. I don't know about you guys. I love Top Gun and I don't know about you guys, but I really love Top Gun too. If you didn't like this movie, what world do you live on? It was so much fun. And of course, there was a long period between Top Gun 1 and Top Gun 2. Well, Top Gun 3, a go at Paramount, despite just inked WB deal. Tom Cruise can apparently have it all in show business, uh, except the respect from non-Scientologists, evidenced in the fact that... Oh, boy, if he got out of Scientology, we would love him so much more. Evidence in the fact he's... Do I have any Scientologist fans out there? Don't give me a one-star review, uh, but... But get out, please. You're in a cult. Evidenced in the fact he's developing yet another sequel with Paramount, this right after signing a massive deal with a rival studio. The movie star is reportedly working on Top Gun 3 with the Mountain and Star crew, and word is it's in the early stages at the moment, with a script being written by T.G. Maverick, screenwriter Ethrin Kruger, Aaron Kruger and Miles Teller and Glenn Powell expected to return. Of course, we loved Glenn Powell and Miles Teller and that wasn't that a fantastic movie? I mean, honestly, if you were like me, my I was on the edge of my seat. I loved it. I was like crying. I'm like, what's wrong with me right now? I absolutely loved it. All right. Glad to hear Tom Cruise is coming back. And who else is coming back? Well, we've got Travis Kelsey coming back announcing he's not retiring. You know, of course, people are wondering, oh, is the, uh, you know how it is, you, you get a girlfriend, next thing you know, you're quitting your hobbies and this and that. Travis Kelsey, not out yet. Have a listen. This isn't funny your mind now, but a month and a half ago, you had an interview where you mentioned that you think about retirement, just wondering if you've made a decision. Do you, do you guys think about retirement? Am I the only one in this boat? No. I mean, is anybody else in this thing? All right. Bro. <laughs> whoever's not thinking about stuff down, down the road, you know, I, I blame you. I think it's uh, it's just I have no reason to stop playing football, man. I love it. Um, we still have success. Um, come in with the with the right mindset, and uh, I just love the challenge that it gives me every single day uh, to try and be at my best. And like I said, I have no uh, no desire to stop anytime soon. If you said you thought about it, what would you do if you weren't playing football? Um, that's the point. The the off season, you know, being able to get out there and really find. Uh, find what you love to do and um, I've been fortunate to do uh, a few things uh, outside of the sports world that, I, that I've been enjoying doing like getting on camera the SNL stuff uh, kind of opened up a new happiness and a new uh, maybe a new career path for me but see there it is you get these star athletes they're hall of famers and what do they want to do they want to do comedy same thing happened with tom brady he wants to get into stand-up comedy it's like can you just be good at playing football let the comics do the thing that the comics do no he's actually fantastic when it comes to the podcast he does with his brother so very happy for them and other people looking for new career opportunities are uh, known as emma stone i tell you what emma stone has 
been someone I've had a crush on literally my entire life. When I got to work with her on Birdman, I was so brave enough to stand in the corner and not make eye contact. <laughs> I was afraid of her. Either way, she says she wants to be on Jeopardy, and she's been denied for years. Justice for Emma Stone. If you ever go on Jeopardy, it might help. That's my favorite uh, show. Yeah, well, there you go. That's well, my dream. You know, I apply every June. And nothing? I've no, never got a celebrity? Like, no, no, I'm. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to be. No, you, you wanna, I, I don't. I don't want to go on Celebrity oh, Jeopardy. I want to. I really want to like earn Jeopardy. my stripes. Right. I would like to go on Real Jeopardy, but you have to do, take the test, and you can only take it once a year with your email address. So every June, I take the quiz, <laughs> and they don't tell you how you did. They just say we'll let you know in the next nine to twelve months if you got on the show. And, and guess what? I haven't gotten on the show, but I watch it every single night, and I mark down how many answers I get right. And I swear I could go on Jeopardy. <laughs> I, bl- I believe you could. All right, sorry. Continue Wait, with your facts. This is very Rosie Perez, white man can't jump. Yeah, right? exactly. Right. 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 to right start now. with the letter Q. Yeah. <laughs> Which I know all those things because of what film helps us all. All right. Justice for Emma Stone, please. And justice for Miley Cyrus. She's dealing with an alleged stalker. Busted showed up at her crib with stuffed animal. Miley Cyrus was apparently plush with trouble this morning after cops say some weirdo showed up on her doorstep with a token of love that was full of cotton and it landed the guy in jail. I mean, look, I think you should be able to, if it's a first-time offense, maybe not jail. I don't really know. Law enforcement sources tells TMZ 52-year-old Alexander Cardalian was arrested early Friday near Miley's L.A. home. This after they got a call around 1 a.m. on a report of a suspicious person. Okay, yeah. If you're going to be stalking someone, don't go at 1 a.m. I mean, if you run into someone at a coffee shop, I'll have a little bit of a plausible deniability. As it turns out, they were right, because Miley previously got a restraining order against this guy for something similar last year, and he was ordered to stay away from her. We're told he showed up at our front gate and was trying to give something to Miley Cyrus, specifically a stuffed animal of some sort, according to the sources. It doesn't sound like the guy got far, though. We're told Miley's security detained him and waited for LAPD to arrive. Well, good to see she's got proper security here. All right, what a, what a weird story. I don't mean to depress you guys with that one. All right, I got to tell you this. This is it for me. This is my last episode recording in this house. Uh, It's kind of sentimental. Um, I've been here for three years. This was a very transitory house. I came from a 650-square-foot studio apartment with Tasha. Our dreams started to become true. We took a leap of faith and doubled our rent as we moved into this little house that we live in, this little casita, as it were. And we've been here for the last three years. We've really enjoyed our time here. I got my own proper studio set up in the second bedroom. And it was very small, but it had a nice little green screen. And I was able to start the podcast and make more content and really deliver to you guys the content I wanted to make. Well, now I'm moving on to a new setup, and I'm so excited to share that all with you. You know, when we went from the studio to the two-bedroom, we essentially doubled in size, doubled in rent, and now we're going from this little two-bedroom and we're uh, tripling in size to our new home. It's going to have a office that's double the space, no more green screen. We're going to have a proper studio set up. It might take a little while to get set up. Uh, of course, this week we'll be driving across the country. Uh, I think I told you this earlier, but I, I got the new Penske truck. It is so big. It's diesel. I'm literally driving a truck. 
across the country. So if you see one of those yellow Penske trucks, honk for me. And by the way, I'm going to have merchandise for sale tomorrow. No driving with Dave this weekend. I'm just not going to have the time to get one out there. It'll be the first one in, I think, nine months that I haven't had up. But, um, you know, uh, to say we're wildly stressed would be an understatement. Lots to do, lots to grow, and lots to share with all of you. Thank you for all of your support. When you see me again on Monday, I think I'll be in Albuquerque. I'm trying to get some interviews as I drive across the country. My goal is to get possibly Noah, maybe Abigail, and who knows, maybe Serene Brooke Russell. We'll try to get those. So make sure you are up to date and ready to go with all of that content. Again, a little emotional on my end as this is the last time I get to sign off, but um, from Los Angeles, that is. California has been very good to me and to my family, and maybe we'll be back someday. Well, without hey, Tasha, you want to say hi? It's my it's the last moment of the podcast here. Come now, I didn't. You're the one who walked into the room. Come on over here. You, you walked into the room. Now come here, come here, come here, come here. It's the last second. I'm not editing it out. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. My wife, six months pregnant, and we're saying goodbye from California. Do you want to say anything on the spot here? Goodbye, Los Angeles. We love you. The city, hold on, the city where we fell in love and procreated and <laughs> have a baby on the way, California. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time. Thank you for your support. And we'll see you on the road. As always, I'm Dave Neal, and this is Bachelor Rush Hour.